Hi, I'm Marilyn, and I want to welcome you today to Exposing Grief. When we expose anything, it becomes less threatening. To expose loss and grief will provide us with some emotional control. In 2020, we laid the foundation for these conversations. We spent 12 episodes outlining how loss or grief can and does occur at any age or any stage of life. You can go back and listen to those foundational podcast episodes, or you can start listening today as part of a journey to become more emotionally and mentally healthy. In episode one, I mentioned that I would be working to improve my own emotional and mental well-being by being self-reflective as I interact with others. Well, I have to report that January was not my best month. I had a cell phone service issue where I felt I needed to speak with the supervisor. These are difficult conversations because I am aware that most service representatives are trained not to pass calls along to their supervisors, even if the customer asks. I have to say that my emotional level was already high due to dealing with the cell phone company's phone tree. I am convinced the company does not want customers to speak to a representative, let alone a supervisor. I don't use that as an excuse, but just as a way to let you know how I process the results of the interaction. In the future, I must remind myself that the phone tree of this company can be frustrating, and I must not allow myself to become frustrated. If I am not frustrated, then I believe my interaction with any representative will be better. I also need to manage my own expectations, even before I dial the number. My issue has not been completely resolved, so I know I will be speaking to the cell phone company later this month. I'm hopeful that the cell phone company will reach out to me, but that will probably not happen. So I have to be prepared to work through the stress of the call before it becomes an issue for me personally. I'm a work in progress, and I try not to be too hard on myself. I will let you know how it goes. Now let's turn our attention to today's topic, which is the five stages of grief and loss, which are modeled by an outline first presented by Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in 1969. I believe her purpose was to begin to break the taboo which existed in talking about death and dying, even though it happens to everyone. Unfortunately, this taboo is still being battled with today. When the stages of loss and grief are spoken about, there is no expectation that all people will experience these stages in the same way. Each of us is unique and has different life experiences, so how we manage loss and grief will also be different. The stages are just a model to let us know that there is a process and each of us will have to find our way through it. As an example, siblings will not necessarily process the death of a parent in the same way. One way is not right or wrong or better or worse than the other, just different. The ultimate goal is to accept what cannot be changed. The other goal is to arrive at the acceptance without permanent emotional damage to ourselves or others. It is not unusual for people to go through two or three stages at once and then cycle back around to a stage they thought they were over. Our mind does a good job of trying to protect us from different emotional challenges, but it is up to us to be aware of how we are processing our emotional challenges so we don't get stuck in an emotionally unhealthy place. Being understanding of someone else's process is beneficial to them and to us. You cannot rush them and they cannot rush you. Being quietly supportive is a good place to start. 
You may also identify other stages of loss and grief that are unique to you. That's okay and normal as well. If you feel yourself getting stuck, do not hesitate to reach out to a professional therapist. These five stages are just a starting point in trying to help make sense of our own emotions instead of suppressing what is natural in life. The first stage in the model is shock or denial. Often we cannot believe that the loss has or is actually happening to us. I believe this is a self-preservation defense that our mind uses to prepare us in the initial stage of coping with bad or horrific news. We might even use the words, I cannot believe this is happening to me, when it actually is happening or has happened. The second stage of the model is anger or blame. You might become angry with yourself, someone else, or even the circumstances. Either way, don't let this stage be destructive to you or others. Some people try to suppress anger, especially if you have been taught that anger is wrong. I have found that figuring out how to manage anger is more healthy than suppression. Some people exercise, others write about anger or talk with others. Finding a healthy way to vent goes a long way toward emotional security. Be aware that you might not be able to completely make sense of your emotions while you're in the midst of them. That is perfectly normal also. Sometimes we think we are broken when we get angry. We are not broken, it's just that sometimes we don't know how to process how we feel. The third stage of the model is bargaining or begging. It is natural to want to turn a loss into a win. Sometimes we get a second chance and a situation or loss can be overturned or reversed, but many times the loss or grief is permanent and all we can do is work through the process of it. In this stage, we can bargain with ourselves or someone else. We ask the dying person not to leave us, even though normally we know they have no control over the outcome. Sometimes we might beg for another chance to get it right. Learning to let go in this stage can be difficult because we all want that perfect outcome in life. The fourth stage in the model is depression or confusion. To keep us safe, sometimes our minds can distort reality. We may stop eating or sleeping, or the opposite can also happen. We overeat or sleep excessively. Our routine in life is thrown off, and we seem unable to manage or get control of ourselves. Again, these are normal emotions and behaviors when processing any loss or grief. The biggest concern in this stage is not to slip into clinical depression, which will require professional assistance to overcome. At some point, we all need closure of our loss or grief. This leads us to the fifth and final stage of the model, acceptance. In the acceptance stage, we recognize that all our denial, anger, bargaining, and depression cannot change the outcome of the loss or grief. What we can now control is our plan to adapt our lives for our future without the person or thing that was lost. If you are alive, there is a future. You can plan for life or just let life happen. The choice is yours. You cannot change yesterday, but you can certainly work at making today better. I outline the five stages of grief as presented by Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross as I understand them, have gone through them, and have observed others go through them. These conversations about loss and grief and emotional well-being are necessary and perhaps well overdue. Be a part of these important conversations. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to visit with you next time on Exposing Grief.